startup failures, successes, and learning from all over the world. Welcome to a new episode of the International Entrepreneurs Podcast. So Arthur, it's great to have you on this podcast. Thanks a lot for taking the time. In order for people to get to know you a bit better, please quickly tell us who you are and what you do. Yes, sure. Um, for, first of all, thanks for inviting me. That's a really amazing initiative. So my name is uh, uh, Arthur Goldbeck. I'm CEO and Energy Chief of Alpha Gamma. And uh, Alpha Gamma is a business portal for young professionals. Uh, we create content that covers business and career-related uh, trends, tips, and opportunities. So you can oh, another way to look at us is we are a digital magazine with uh, an online community. So we're a combination of both. And uh, we already have a, a global following. So every, every month we reach more than 1.5 million people. Uh, we have dozens of partners in different parts of the world. And uh, yeah, and we're uh, currently working on our first product, a mobile app called Opportunity Feed. So yeah, so we're on, on a mission to help uh, millions of uh, people succeed in their careers globally. That's awesome. And you back it up with some pretty strong numbers in my, my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so so we are uh, yeah we are uh, uh, a team of uh, of seven people. So now we yeah so it, so we are even though we're young, we're a young enterprise, but we see that a lot of people like they they crave for the type of content that we create. And uh, um, yeah, so I never I never thought in my wild the wildest dreams I'll be running a media company one day. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. What was the hardest uh, thing when you were actually trying to put your idea into practice to realize it? What was the hardest thing for you? The hardest probably was uh, um, I wasn't sure how big the opportunity was. So I wasn't sure. Uh, and I wasn't sure whether, you know, it's just uh, a couple of thousand people and uh, myself who were excited about this. Mm -hmm. But now we see that, yeah, so there is actually a huge vacuum that we can occupy um, in terms of, you know, like of the, of the content that, we're, that we create. And speaking of, uh, well, another aspect was that when we were trying to get uh, funding, like in the early days of Alpha Gamma, we were, we were literally told that, you know, it's going to it's gonna fail, like it's a stupid idea. Uh, it's going to, uh, like who would need, who, who, who would need another BBC, CNN, like Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, whatever. But the thing is that all these outlets that we that were mentioned, they actually struggle with getting in front of younger uh, readers, followers, listeners, whatsoever. So yeah, who would who would even thought? So that's why uh, yeah, so that's why we're actually quite relevant, and even we have lots of reporters, journalists uh, from these outlets who write on Alpha Gamma. So so yeah, that's quite a funny funny twist of the events, I would say. Absolutely. But it was it was really but it was really it was the toughest part because we were looking for that validation just to see uh, how far how far the project could go and whether it's needed. So uh, especially in the early days, it's kind of hard hard uh, uh, pill to swallow, so to speak. I, I think that's the case for most entrepreneurs out there, from my yeah. perspective. Were there also things that were easier than you expected yeah we i, I would say it was uh, really easy to get influencers uh, right on alpha gamma we were not expected them to be so responsive and so willing to contribute 
So cool. we, we thought that, that, that this would be like one of the hardest parts, but now we see that those people who, who are, who are uh, influencers, so those who, who already have significant presence online and those who want to extend their reach, they're already quite disciplined. They're, they already know why they're doing it, like why they're uh, contributing these uh, articles, these blog posts in the first place. So we didn't have to educate them, like what's, what's, the, um, what's the added value for them. So that was, we were surprised how easy it was to get them aboard. So now people, you know, sign up, like every day we're receiving applications to become contributors. So that's like, amazing. Today, today we received two, two applications already. So I would say this is the easiest, like one of the easiest elements we've discovered. Yeah. I think this is a very relevant topic to a lot of startups out there. Can you maybe quickly describe how you approach the influencers or how you get in touch with them and also what you are offering them that they actually want to partner with you? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, indeed, influencer marketing is a, is a huge topic and a hot topic nowadays. But I would say, um, so when it comes down to working with influencers, it's really about, you know, the value added to their current activities that you can offer. So say if you're a startup, then you either can offer a product that's really unique and interesting and could really either facilitate uh, the, for example, the way how influencers interact with their audiences, or maybe this could be uh, another way how, for example, if you offer a specific product or service which can be offered to the followers base of the influencer, then you could either offer them um, you know, like a revenue share or, you know, an affiliate uh, program. So and most of the influencers would be interested in that. And um, in our case, influencers are interested in extending their reach and, uh, and demographic that we're working with is quite um, an important one. So more and more people realize the importance of getting in front of people, so-called millennials, Generation Z. We personally hate this, uh, this term. Uh, we find it a bit derogatory. Uh, and uh, that's why we, we like to call uh, people aged between 80 to 35 young professionals, which they, which they are. And so that more and more people realize that uh, how important it is to get in front of young professionals today. Because the, these are the, the consumer, the users, the, you know, the leaders of tomorrow, so to speak. Awesome. Thinking back when building up your company, is there a favorite mistake that you can name that happened to you and why it's your favorite mistake? Yeah, so favorite mistake. So just to, to avoid ambiguity, the favorite mistake, the one that I wish I would have learned earlier, or is it the one that, uh, that was the most, most painful but the most beneficial experience for me? So how, how would you define it? I would define it as the one that happened to you where you first thought, oh, that's a big mistake that I made. But then in the end, you actually benefited from it. But of yes. course, you can also put on your own definition if you prefer to do so. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's an interesting, no, that's a, a interesting question. Because, of course, just like uh, every founder, like, it's, it's, normal, it's, it's normal to make mistakes. And uh, in our case, we also made like, a plethora of them uh, for us. Um, I would say our our probably the biggest mistake was that we tried to so we tried to um, uh, introduce more products, more services, 
like too, too many of them uh, at a time. So we really were looking for ways to monetize Alpha Gamma and we found a couple, like a couple of um, monetization approaches which seemed to work, but they realized, but we realized it too, it was taking us more time and different skill sets which were not complementary to our team at the time. So for example, we came up with an idea of, of offering analytics products uh, to, um, uh, to uh, our potential partners and clients and say analytics products in the sense that uh, we could uh, really so because we interact with young people we see what they what what type of issues they're having when it comes down to finding careers or when it comes down to setting up businesses and, or advancing advancing their current careers so we were able to identify these trends and we were thinking why not to put them into um, uh, into research papers and uh, and uh, you, you might have heard of ventures like CB Insights uh, or Forrester or or VC experts. So these guys they monetize on on their on their research pretty much. So and they charge you know like uh, like really high premiums. And for us it was quite a lucrative model at the time. So we we did try. So we approached many many organizations and we had. Uh, lots of promising conversations, and the reason why we decided not to move forward with that—that that, uh, the—that uh, we would require to hire more people up front, so to support our analytics products. So, and and while we see that the business opportunity is still there, it was a bit too early for us to start. And the reason why it was uh, a mistake is that uh, uh, our main model that was making money at the time it kind of suffered. So, because we didn't devote more time to it. So eventually we had to focus on just one monetization model and we wasted like five, uh, five months, like while chasing this, you know, lucrative revenue stream, like this analytics product. product. So, um, so I would say um, like our takeaway from this mistake is to just focus uh, on one model at a time. And really exhausted to to the max, and now we're that's exactly what we're doing right now. That's amazing, and I can highly relate to that. So most of the time, a startup founder, you go where the revenue is right in the beginning, yeah. and yes, then exactly. you over incentivize to get short term revenues, but mm -hmm. that's not the long term sustainable solution. So you need to set up yourself and your company for long term success, and that's yeah. actually sort of the learning that you just took away from that. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Cool. Now imagine that you have a gigantic billboard available to you where you can put up a message that's very important to you. What message would that be and why? So I can only put a thing that's relevant to me at this point of time, right? So yes. um unfortunately it's it's not possible to publish to to display a whole book this way, but I will say <laughs> I will, I would say I would say that uh uh, I would put uh, the following quote that uh, no, so no one owes you anything, but there is nothing that you can't achieve. So I would, I would put, I would put this quote there. So um, let me, let me rephrase this again. So um, no one owes you anything, but uh, there's nothing that you can't achieve. So I, and I think, and the reason why I, why I like this quote is that eventually whatever you're striving for is, uh, is possible and it's achievable as long as you see it 
in your mind, you have this clear vision, but eventually it's, um, it's up to you to do the work, you know, to prepare, to show up, to, um, and, you know, to stay focused while you're, you're, you're trying to, to materialize this vision. So not, not expect anyone to eventually, um, um, not to expect that someone will hand you what you, what you want. So, at least, at least for, for us, this has always been the case that we always had to prove something uh, to to people around us, and uh, uh, it has never been an easy part. But but it was uh, it it was always a rewarding one. So once you say achieve a certain milestone, you know you uh, you know earn that first customer, or you know you get to that you you make a successful first hire. You know all of these things they might seem hard at the time, but once you eventually get them done, like you you have I I personally get this feeling that yeah it was it was a uh, um, it was a good fight. So awesome. And I, I couldn't agree more. That's a, a great message to put up there. <laughs> Thanks. Last question from my end. Can you recommend any tools, gadgets, or additional resources that either help you or that you consume on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So for me right now, I while working on, uh, on Alpha Gamma, I realized I really enjoyed doing sales. So this is something I uh, I have never done before in my life. So I, um, after after re re reading books, following different blogs, I realized I really love doing that. But I'm surprised how few good that it's quite hard to discover some good tools or sources on this. So that's why I could share some some of the tools that I find uh, relevant. So for say for. Um, so I'll start with the resources. So I personally love uh, following saleshacker.com. Mm -hmm. So it's a great source for uh, for uh, aspiring and, and current sales professionals. So I've met many uh, successful entrepreneurs there who sell their products and, you know, who have, uh, you know, you know they, they've already exited companies like uh, uh, with you know they had eight to nine bigger exits and uh, they're really happy to connect and share their wisdom so well this this uh, and also they have amazing webinars so I uh, I definitely recommend this anyone to, who who wants to improve their uh, improve their sales skills then I, I also like um, following so so LinkedIn also has this um, has acquired Linda.com and if you use uh, the a premium account then you have access to their libraries so the, there's this learning section on LinkedIn so I whenever I have moments I follow uh, I follow classes there and there are lots of uh, lots of uh, materials available on how to start a business on how to negotiate on how to uh, to prospect how to um, how to prepare a strategy for your company so this this I would say is uh, um, for me has been a great resource as well then I still like reading books for me for me um, say right now I'm reading the book written by Mark Roberge. It's called the Sales Acceleration Formula. So he's one of the uh, one of the members of the founding team of HubSpot. Cool. So whoever wants to wants to really set up a scalable sales model, and for us this is really uh, vital uh, right now. So this is what we're uh, that we want to achieve ourselves. Then I think um, 
anyone who's going who's going through the same challenge will appreciate this book. Now, speaking about the gadgets and tools, I would um, I, I would recommend. So I personally travel a lot, and because of this, uh, yeah, and at the same time, I can't work without the second screen. So I realized that I re I need to have two screens in front of me, so I could you know. I could uh, sort out documents, and I, I I feel that I'm really productive this way. So, but the problem is that I can't carry you know a huge monitor with me. So I can, but I can carry a tablet. So there is this app called uh, uh, Duet Duet Display. So you can uh, once you download it and you plug in your iPad, your you know or you know any you know any kind of tablet. Uh, to your laptop, then you can uh, enable this app, and uh, you can then you can use it as a, your second screen. So it's like a mobile second screen. That's and, cool. <laughs> and on top, and on top of this, I um, also like. So for me, and this is something I've realized when I was working as a consultant. So I've I've always thought that ergon. ergon uh, have you ever heard of the term ergonomics? No, I haven't. Okay, so that's um, this term uh, sums up the uh, you know theory theories practices which have to do with working sustainably. So, for example, say if you spend a lot of time working in front of your computer, so your back wouldn't hurt, your you wouldn't lose eyesight. You know, you will uh, you would be aware of the brightness in your oh, room. Sure. Yes. So you know these the, all these elements they're summed up with this term ergonomics, and uh, I personally uh, got acquainted with with this uh, when I started working when I was working as a consultant uh, uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers in Amsterdam, and I got and I noticed there was this laptop um, laptop holder. So it, it kind of, so the point of the laptop folder to is to elevate your laptop so it will be aligned with your with your eyesight so you wouldn't have to you know uh, you know bend closer to your laptop or you wouldn't have so this way you keep the posture and uh, you you don't get tired easily so and for me this has been uh, has been really helpful like hack so to speak so that's why i bought uh, i bought myself a really neat holder so it's called uh, roast so th these guys they featured their product on um uh on kickstarter so i supported them back in the days and uh, these guys um, um yeah they, they came up with the mobile mobile uh, um mobile holder so this way you can really fold it and put it in, inside your laptop bag because other holders they're normally bulky and uh, hard and, and sometimes quite heavy actually so but with this with this uh, foldable holder you can really you know uh, you 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 can still keep your ergonomics game you know in check even if you're traveling so uh, so i would say yeah so these like two like tools uh, that i would recommend Awesome recommendations and tips from you, Arthur. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. And I wish you all the best with your sales uh, plans that you're overhitting your targets and getting these revenues up as fast as possible. Talk to you <laughs> soon, Arthur, and thanks again for your time. Thanks, Sylvan. Likewise. Take care.